Welcome to Silver on the Sage podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Lowe, and this is the episode one. Um, thank you for being here today. I'm humbled and very excited to be interviewing a really special guest today, and her name is Mrs. Leela Puckett Murphy. Hi, Leela. Hey, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you are so welcome. Um, we are just going to jump right into this thing and talk about, first of all, how um, how you became involved with scouting and how your life led you to Philmont. Awesome. So I have definitely a different lead up to scouting than most Philmont staff. Uh, let's see. I think I can't even remember the first time I visited Philmont, but I was probably a baby. Um, my, how I started visiting Philmont was with my grandparents. I have very fond memories of touring the villa and riding on horseback all over the place, staying at Crater Lake and lots of special memories riding horseback with Rod Taylor and my granddad and just walking around the villa lawn asking when we were going to see Boy Scouts and my grandparents saying, oh, they're going to be all over. And I didn't really know that much about scouting growing up. Uh, but once I came into the age that I could work at Philmont, I wanted nothing more. And I initially started out at the villa because my the two people I knew best were Nancy Klein and Rod Taylor. And that's where I started my career, I remember saying, Nancy, I really want to work here and you don't even have to pay me. And she said, oh, well, you, you, I have to do that, but that's so sweet of you. And I just remember uh, really my eyes being open to the entire scouting world that summer of 2012 in a really big and special way. And yeah, so that's kind of how I led up to my intro to Philmont. Awesome. And so just so everybody, all our listeners know, um, so Chope Phillips, Elliot, Elliot Phillips is your grandfather. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So sorry, I forgot to mention that. And that's something uh, kind of special to me, I guess, about my time is uh, I went into working at Philmont as the first family member of the Phillips family to ever work at Philmont. And I really wanted to have my own experience. It's not that I wasn't proud of my uh, connection. It was more so that kind of like my granddad, the way that he went about it, it was very humble and modest. And he always just thought of it as a ranch and his good friends and lots of memories growing up there. And he called, you know, the big house and he was a very simple man and didn't really like all the fanciness and attention. And so I kind of, modeled after him and went into my film on experience, not telling anyone who I was and people like Nancy Klein and Rod Taylor helped me out by not blowing my cover. But uh, yeah, so 
my granddad was Chope Phillips. And so I'm the great granddaughter of Wade Phillips and Genevieve Phillips. That's awesome. I love how you sort of had an undercover first summer. Um, so 2012, I was, gosh, CD at Bobian. And I didn't know who you were, so you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is kind of funny to hear the stories of people finding out, even up until 2017, my last summer, uh, one of our really good friends had no idea. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, how did you like it? How did you like being a villa tour guide? I hear people also call them villa babes. I don't know if that, (laughs) I don't know if that's kosher these days anymore, but how was that? It was definitely a nickname. I didn't really like it. It felt weird, but, uh, (laughs) yeah. So that was the film I knew really. I didn't know the other side of the road and the backcountry as much besides a horsebacking trip to, um, Crater Lake. So I think from what I knew, it was very special and very meaningful to work in a place that I kind of grew up and I would be a junior tour guide. So I knew a lot of the tour and I feel like kind of embarrassing saying this, but I feel like I got to learn my family's history a lot more by reading Beyond the Hills that summer for work and learning all of the history from Nancy Klein, who's had many conversations with my grandparents and has gone through many letters from the ranch hands that worked under my great grandfather, et cetera. So I think that was really amazing. Um, I obviously there's a great camaraderie there on the staff too. I will say doing six tours a day uh, did get pretty boring and lots of smelly scouts, but (laughs) it was very cool to see scouts either entering their journey there or ending it. And I also liked, uh, because I have a pretty diverse resume at Philmont and worked in many different departments. I did like getting a taste of the Philmont Training Center and seeing what they, the work that they did, because a lot of times the villa was included in that. And I also uh, liked getting to meet the public and hear some of their stories um, just at being a museum. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's really unique and neat to, like you said, have have that full circle perspective of scouts either just about to enter the trail or just getting off. Um, and like you said, general public who might happen to stumble upon Philmont even and come do a tour. So, yeah, I think. um being a tour guide at the villa is maybe one of, I mean, I, I would say maybe one of the most important positions on that side of the road, just because you are kind of like a welcome face to potentially anyone. Yeah. So, and yeah. everyone. I do remember. I mean, there were definitely some weird times being undercover and on tour and hoping that no one would remember the brace face Leela. who gave them a junior tour guide and sometimes people would mention that very proudly I got well I I'm super important because I got a tour from the great great granddaughter and I'm sitting there like oh gosh please don't remember me please don't remember me (laughs) or people would ask questions like so is the family loaded and I'm like no I went into a foundation but (laughs) yeah Yeah. so there were some interesting times was there anything um you did in that specific job that people might be surprised you did or otherwise wouldn't realize you did as a villa tour guide? 
I wouldn't say, I mean, I think just usually I would say staff thinking about the villa tour guide. Yeah. They kind of had that villa babe idea and we were just uh, very much a part of the PTC staff, I would say, especially during LDS weeks. And so we did a lot and LDS tours were, you know, something pretty interesting with lots and lots of people in your tour line. So I think that was interesting and I didn't do anything crazy. I mean, uh, it was nice to have the kitchen, you know, to keep your snacks in and it was nice. We could watch a movie in the kind of uh, serving quarters. So not the actual house, but, and so that was cool, but everyone would always, yeah, would want to push me to do something else crazy in the villa, but I never, never did anything crazy. So I hear you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, go ahead and give us your Philmont resume then um, where you worked and which summers. Awesome. Yeah. So 2012 opened up my world to Philmont on the staff side and Villa Tour Guide that year. Then I became friends across the road with a lot of rangers. So I became a ranger in 2013. And then in 2014, I wanted to move to the backcountry and I loved Head of Dean. So I fortunately was given the opportunity to be a program counselor at Head of Dean in 2014. In 2015, I was the camp director at Carson Meadows. And then in 2016, came back to my true love of Hedda Dean as the camp director. And then in 2017, I became a an infirmary driver. So I, was, I was a WMT and that was something I always wanted to do and really looked up to Nate and Bridget. So I was an infirmary driver. Then... I always wanted to work a fall, but it never quite worked out. And then I was gratefully given the opportunity to work the winter in 2017 as uh, Philmont Training Center winter staff. And that is my resume. Nice. That is diverse. I like that. Yeah, I Um, think that's something I'm very proud of and that gave me a lot of meaning to my experience was working in all of those different departments and seeing the strengths and of each department and some somewhat and sometimes missing, sorry, excuse me, bridging misunderstandings of between the departments. I think that was really special and a neat opportunity. Absolutely. I, I was mostly in the backcountry. I did one summer as an MPS photographer and then one summer as a backcountry manager. And I was, I loved, like you said, so nicely, like bridging those uh, sometimes mis misconnections and understanding what other departments did. And I was just floored by the incredible, ma- the incredible like machine that Philmont is, and how everyone really is this giant team. It's really incredible. So yes, yes, it really um, is one ranch, one team, one heart, yeah. one dream. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> is there aside from, like you said, not being able to work a fall? Uh, any position out there you wish you would have had or maybe position that doesn't exist that you would have liked to do? Yeah, I think everyone that knows me knows this, but uh, when I was leaving head of Dean in 2016, I kind of always had this dream 
and really passion and want for being a backcountry manager uh, before my infirmary driver summer. And I think, you know, it was just times and it just didn't quite work out. But I think that is something that I always kind of wish I had the opportunity to do. Um, but I do feel like I kind of get to live through it with some of my former staff holding the role and then a Sean as well. So, right. Yeah. Was uh, Sean, your husband, it was he a backcountry manager for one summer or multiple? I can't He remember. was a backcountry manager for, I want to say three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 2016, 2017, and 2018. Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Was there anybody who, I don't know, maybe you idolized or a supervisor or camp director or ranger trainer who maybe like kept that sparklet for you to to push you towards those leadership positions? Or was that just a natural flow for your time at Philmont? Yeah. So I think there... I thought a lot about this question and I know everyone has one and I unfortunately didn't have the opportunity, which is crazy that I didn't know about Rayado and rocks, but didn't know about ways I could be a participant, not being in scouting. So I wish, I really wish I could have gone on track, but I didn't. So my mentors and people that kind of ignited a Philmont passion and or inspired me were mainly females, of course, because when I started out at Philmont, uh, I think we had like 20 female Rangers. So it was still pretty male heavy. And I would say, I thought about this, but I'd say Christine Sammons, who was my chief Ranger in 2013, really look up to her. She's just very humble and modest and experienced and just inspiring and connected with me right away, even as an R1. And that was really special to me. And I still keep in touch with her. Bridget Hogan, uh, she was an ACR that summer. And it was kind of cool because she was my ACR. And she kind of stepped in, excuse me, for me in a leadership way that summer which was really awesome. And I just looked up to both of them, I want to say, because they never made a big deal about being a woman, being a woman at Philmont. Uh, They just kind of fit right in and shown in their own way. And that was really uh, cool to me and something that I kind of wanted to model after. And it was cool because Bridget, we kind of came full circle uh, in 2017. She was the assistant medical services director under Nate. So she was my boss's boss that summer. And it was cool to see how she had bridged the ranger, uh, the ranger department into her knowledge of the infirmary and similarly me with the backcountry. So that was cool. And then finally, uh, Emily McGee was my backcountry manager. My first summer as a CD, she was just, Amazing, really strong. Uh, I know she took on a lot that summer, and I was grateful that I had her mentorship and leadership and uh, just really appreciated the stoke that she always brought to everything. And she was all she always had time for you, always had time to listen. And she's always the friend still that will call me anytime. I need the call, but I haven't told her. And that's just really meaningful. So 
Those are some really awesome connections. I Okay, so she was your BCM when you were CD at Carson Meadows. And, mm-hmm. is, that, and is that the one? Um, I want to say that's the staff board um, in the cabin that says something about the stoke being too high. Was yes. That- <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah. our year. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other two, Christine and Bridget, yeah, those are two phenomenal women at Philmont. And they, to me, really also embody Philmont's unique ability to let their staff members uh, fail forward, if you will, or uh, just all grow together. And like you said, on your last summer, then you guys could kind of see that in your in each other, um, mm-hmm. how you guys grew. So I love all of that. I also I also never tracked or grew up in scouting, which bums me out, honestly. Mm-hmm. But um, I, it does make me excited for hopefully doing a PSA track sometime in the future. Absolutely. To, to get that under my belt and to get my, my kids involved in scouting since I didn't have that opportunity. So, Yes, yes. Awesome. Um, let's see. What about, how about, um, what about challenging moments at Philmont for you or any, any lessons maybe you learned from your Philmont experiences that you now see, you know, in your adult life, um, the, the value of those lessons, like chiming on and continuing to ring strong in your life? Yeah, um, I definitely thought a lot about this. I think, wow, there's just so many. It's hard to really think of the most meaningful. I think every summer I had challenges that I had to overcome. No matter how long that took me personally, uh, that have benefited me now. I think without, you know, getting too specific and respecting people, I think, um, like you said, Philmont's a machine. There are lots of different departments and lots of different people coming from all different backgrounds. And I think that makes it super one of a kind, but I also think it can really put strain in a growth oriented way on communication styles and just overall, you know, ways of leadership and communication. And so I think really every summer I had a different challenge. I think when I was at the Villa, I didn't quite feel like it was my staff community, but I also made some really good friendships that I still hold today. And so I think the challenge was getting out there into the backcountry and doing Uh, finding kind of my niche there. And then when I was a ranger, I think a big challenge I faced, I know everyone says this, but was honestly being a female in a male dominated department and just, and just a a historically male position also. And I think that brought in a really cool challenge for me to sort of prove myself uh, in a humble way, of course, but uh through relationships and I still hold dear relationships with all my 10 crews that summer. And it was really cool. Just a side note to throughout my years, see the advisors come back or the brothers of the, 
or sisters of the um, scouts that I was with that summer. And all of them kind of call through the phone line, like, where's Lila Puckett working? She was our ranger. So I think that was a challenge that summer. When I moved on to the backcountry, it was how can I, honestly, the backcountry ranger rivalry really bothered me a lot uh, yeah. because I didn't see, I didn't see where that was coming from. And I think that's where I kind of took on that one ranch, one team, one heart, one dream. And my camp director, fortunately, had been from the ranger department originally. So I feel like he helped me behind the scenes navigate that. But I think being the new staff member, that was just kind of tough. Uh, But then it became something that really was my big part of my compass as I continued my film on career. Then in... uh, 15 I mean just being a first year camp director as a female felt really overwhelming in the best way possible I was really honored to have that calling and have that opportunity thanks to my camp director and Chris Sawyer and Emily McGee and I think I was one of two new female CDs in my BCM group that summer Mm -hmm. so yeah and I think there were only three females total in that group. So I think it was very, and I want to say we came into a very seasoned per se group of camp directors that summer. So it was weird to see my friends, (laughs) Sean included, which was funny, or my camp director's friends from the last summer become my coworkers and just really learn a lot from them. And I, my first summer as a camp director definitely experienced some challenges that uh, shaped my leadership style and that I would definitely wish on no first year camp director, but it was just a lot of growth really quick. Uh, And then 2016, um, I think everyone knows I definitely had some uh, challenges that year just in terms of, being me and trying to take care of too many people and uh, work hard for people beyond just my camp um, for kind of what was right. And I think uh, also navigating a relationship with Sean, it was his first year as BCM, the first year we were dating. So everyone knows that who's had a full relationship, but I think, um, and yeah, then finally in 2017 as an infirmary driver, once again, we kind of came back to that backcountry versus infirmary mindset or ranger versus infirmary mindset. And it was on both sides. And I think it was really cool. Olivia Starch and I, and then Bridget Hogan, we've all had experience in other departments and Nate, of course, too. And so it was cool to kind of bring the backstory of what was not seen on the other side of the radio to both departments and how we could best work together um, to get to know each other's system. Um, So I think it all comes back to communication and leadership. So I think I was really challenged in both those ways. And it's something that I still think about every day. And I feel like I have a natural kind of leadership gauge now, I want to say, or communication gauge in friendships, family relationships, and working relationships. It sounds like 
Um, there's a huge benefit to diversifying your Philmont resume. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's something. I know it's easy to get, even for myself, easy to to find something you like and want to stay there because it's comfortable and you know it. But yeah, there are a lot of funny rivalries that most people, <laughs> I think, I think most people see with a bit of humor. You know, there's even the Ranger versus Backcountry baseball game on the Villa Lawn. Do they still do that? Yes, yes. Um, so, uh, you know, it's met with humor and good natured, but totally. um, it is interesting how I agree with you sometimes that can break down some communications or just make some stereotyping. Um, so I also feel you on the female ranger aspect. When I I worked one winter and I was a winter guide and I had a crew that um, actually decided they wanted um, someone else to guide them. Yes. They wanted a male guide. And, you know, so that's what ended up happening. So, um, yeah, those things are, those things happen out there. Mm-hmm. Do you, i just curious, do you know, um, do you know about the Enneagram personality? So thing? I do. And I was first <laughs> introduced to it by my Knowles co-instructor in Alaska in 2018. And I haven't done my research on what I am, but I'm very, it's always something that I am interested to see and always interested to see what other people are. You should check it out when you were talking about your time at, as a CD of had a Dean and trying to, what it sounded like, um, just kind of like care for everybody and make sure you were there to support everyone, even outside of your, maybe your little camp world, Mm -hmm. not little, but big camp world um, at HOD. That just made me think of a certain Enneagram. So I won't project upon you what I think you are, but you should take it. Okay, I will. Take a test and let me know. Keep me posted. Yeah, I will let you know. I'm a seven. Okay. So when you're doing some research, you'll see if if that fits. Anyways, um, (laughs) uh, and you also mentioned – you know, having a Philmont romance, a Phil fling with Sean, who's now your husband. And I, too, met my husband, Jimmy Lowe, at Philmont. We actually met uh, our first summer in 2007 as PCs at Bobien. So, yeah. And that's – I actually want to do a whole mini-series on Philmont, uh, Phil flings, Phil marriages, Phil babies, all the above, because – there's so many of them out there. It's mm-hmm. super fun. But just wondered if you wanted to chat about that at all. And if you don't, you could also maybe just tell us about a friendship with someone that you might otherwise not have bonded with in the world outside of Philmont. Like maybe someone you met that you still have a strong relationship with, but uh, it kind of surprised you. Yeah, well, I think to start uh, I think this is a great question because I think when people ask me what's so special about Philmont, what, I mean, it's just a camp. It's, it's the ranch. Like what is so special about it? It's just a summer camp. One of the things I always say is it's just incredible. The quality of people that that place brings together. And I believe that so many of my truest friendships through life, I would never have without that place because it just brings me with so many other people that I would have never met along the way, of course, but also in different circles with different strengths than me. And yeah, so I think that is something just so special about Philmont. 
but then of course, yeah, I do. I would love to talk about my uh, finding my soulmate at Philmont because when I think about it, I think it's really cool. Uh, some <laughs> random guy actually found me on Facebook a long time ago when Sean and I got engaged. Never heard of him. I have no idea how he found me. He's just some random Philmont like participant, maybe advisor. Wow. And he wrote something on our engagement post about, wow, how cool is it to think that Wade Phillips, you know, Wade Phillips' great granddaughter met his, met her husband at the place he gave away. And I think that just really is super cool to me. It's not something I can tell you I ever expected. Uh, thinking about asking my grandparents, what is a Boy Scout and where are the Boy Scouts all the way to <laughs> marrying an Eagle Scout? And so I think, yeah, Sean and I's story is definitely funny. And I know lots of people know it, but uh, of course I've had other Phil things and I'm grateful for them because they took me along my journey that was quite unique. And I'm still really good friends with a lot of them, which in the outside Philmont world doesn't really happen, I want to say. So I'm grateful for that. But yeah, in 2014, uh, Sean was, you know, friends with my camp director and assistant camp director. And I never really saw him, but he was like the Sean Murphy. You know, there was this big aura of sorts around Sean Murphy and Wyman Vega. And I remember just thinking, oh gosh, like, here we go. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I didn't really think much of it. Like, so whenever, you know, he would come to camp, all the camp directors were distracted, you know, and so we just kept running camp. So that was kind of how I imagined him. And then the next summer, uh, we ended up in the same camp director training or BCM group, uh, camp director training group under Emily McGee. And like I said, I was with Lee Farron and we were the two females other than Kyla Roy Rohrbaugh, who was an ACD. So there are three females, but only two first-year camp directors and two first-year female camp directors amongst wow. this group of Austin St. George and Corey Mullins and Sean Murphy. And, All the Phil famous people. Oh, Jimmy yeah. Fritz. Yeah, I mean, just like the crew. And so I remember that transition was hilarious and really just that BCM training time moving from seeing these people as kind of untouchable to really incredible humans and just friends. And I think we created a really big bond and specifically with Sean, I was just in awe of how he treated people and um, specifically a couple of his staff members. Uh, one of his staff members lost their parent that summer and he was just incredible in supporting that and probably one of this this that person's like most important leaders in her life and so that was really special and then of course the famous Cliff Ede uh he's yes. such a special person and Sean and him have a very special friendship where they are what each other needs and I think he grew Sean in a really incredible way that summer and so I think that's kind of when I started to crush on him and I think he was just he says he was always thinking about how I lit up a room or whatever so what's kind of funny is that this was May and I spent you know many times hiking up to Baldy Town and 
He never came down to Carson Meadows. <laughs> Stephen Alexander even said, okay, well, I'm bringing, uh, I'm bringing Sean to camp next time. And I said, no, he won't. He's going to hike. So then uh, fast forward to August 19th. Well, actually, before that, what's funny about our relationship, too, is that everyone in the camp director world was wanting us to, you know, become a relationship and probably knew so before us. And then he had a staff member, a couple, but one main staff member, and I had one main staff member who were working simultaneously to send eye camps to each other on our behalf behind our backs so that was hilarious no way Uh, that's great yeah so and then august you know late august i say late august because it was like the day before i gathered uh he came down and finally finally everyone yeah everyone was shocked from the backcountry warehouse to the abreu turnaround to carson meadows everyone that saw him kind of did a double take and so, is Sean, is he not a hiker? So this is kind of a funny thing that was created. I guess at his Whiteman Vega times with mountain biking, he just mountain mm-hmm. biked everywhere. And so when he, he always hiked, but it, until he was a camp director and then kind of when he became a camp director, you know, camp directors always get rides and sure, sure, yeah. he mountain bikes. <laughs> so it kind of became this thing, you know, just like Sean Murphy doesn't hike, but he proved <laughs> all them wrong and he hiked and yeah, the rest is history. But I remember I saying it. I would never have a long distance relationship. And then Sean came and uh, he worked at winter park that winter and I was finishing up school at Boulder. So we kind of continued on and, you know, with the Phil relationship, I feel like there's always this time where it's this magical world at Philmont and then you step out of it and you just hope it, hope it works. And I think our families are, you know, so different. He, his family is Irish Catholic from Boston. My family, I can count on two hands and very small, uh, mainly Texas. So I think, it's just really cool that it worked out and that we are where we are. And we're very grateful for everyone along the journey that helped us get where we are. And one of the coolest moments was uh, at our wedding in October, Sabrina Nelson and Katie Crayon, as we call her, those two staff members I was mentioning at Baldy Town and Carson Meadows, they were, they gave a speech and that's the day that we found out that they had been writing in their respective diaries about us. <laughs> and so they read excerpts from their journals and it was just, yeah. Stole the so show. Your Phil, Phil romance really like went above and beyond with all these other people, you know, writing you eye camps for oh, each yes. other. And <laughs> it's, it is, it's, I resonate, I resonate with a lot of that. It is very, I mean, I can't think of a more, a romantic place to find your soulmate than Philmont. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also really great that that um, Phil Flings get to take that pause um, in the off season and see if, you know, it's lasting to see if it, it's, it's still, it still works. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually I missed you by like one day in winter park. Cause Jimmy and I were there. Oh um, yes. I remember <laughs> that. And I was so bummed. I feel like we've missed each other many times, but yeah, yeah. Sean well, thinks very highly of Jimmy. And I remember, I remember seeing you and Jimmy at the porch with, I believe your parents and, but I didn't even know what a class A uniform was. I think it was 20, 
or I don't even remember when it was, but I was like, who is that? And then, you know, now Claire and I are so close. So it's just funny to think about that. And yeah. Sean looks up to Jimmy so much. So, yeah. I'm not totally sure, but I'm, well, okay. I am totally sure that I was um, actually newly pregnant with my daughter, Jillian, when we were at Winter Park. And I'm sort of sure, I think Jimmy may have told Sean. Yes. Yes. I, I was going to say, I love this story. I didn't know if others knew, but yeah. Uh, Sean <laughs> knew before Claire and Claire was so mad because <laughs> Jimmy told Sean and he, Sean felt so honored. And I know Sean was shocked because, you know, Jimmy, the way he said it, he was just like, Hey, you want to know something crazy or you want to hold a secret that you can't tell anyone? And Sean's like, okay, yeah, sure. Like whatever. And then <laughs> I want to be a dad. It's like, what? That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's so so awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Claire is my youngest sister. So um, Claire and Leela have a really strong friendship. So <laughs> I kind of get to live vicariously through Claire until Leela and I finally are able to cross cross paths. Yes. Um, awesome. Oh, my gosh. I love all of that. Um, let's jump a little bit to today. And if you want to tell us a little bit just about what you're doing, maybe where you live. Um, I believe you have a sweet puppy in your life. So, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So I think like everyone can relate to after Philmont, there's this time where it's, okay, how can I get paid full time for what I did at Philmont? And where can I find that? And I think uh, for me leaving Philmont, I went into being a Knowles instructor and that was a great transition. I was very fortunate to do that. Uh, but I will say before Sean, I was very much a go-getter, like could be away for 80 days at a time from family and friends. But after Sean came into my life, it was exceptionally hard to be away and out of contact from him for a month. So I think that's a little bit on the back burner right now, just in the summers. Uh, but we found ourselves after Philmont in Mancus, Colorado. So we moved there to work for a wilderness therapy company and I was going to be a field guide for them. And Sean was an operations assistant for them. So he actually did find a way to uh, get paid with benefits for his Philmont BCM job, essentially. Uh, My job didn't quite work out the way I'd expected. So I kind of took that time to dip into what I was going to do as a career. And I was between nursing and teaching because uh, I loved outdoor education. And I thought, hey, you know, I love kids. This could be something I could be really passionate about for a long time and continue to grow in. And I would say my infirmary driver experience had a pretty big impact on me and caring for people in an intimate way. So I that's kind of why I was considering nursing. Uh, but also it taught me that 24 hour shifts and tw- even 12 hour shifts are not my thing. So yeah. that was kind of helpful there. Um, so yeah, in Colorado, I took a, or I did a, excuse me, I worked for a elementary school as a elementary paraprofessional one-on-one aid for a first grader who had quite a traumatic background. And that was pretty transforming transformative experience for me to want to continue down the education path. And then I did an alternative licensure program 
which for those who aren't familiar with that, it's just if you didn't go to school to be a teacher, then it's a way for you to get certified. And so it's kind of like an intensive nursing year and did that and was working in an incredible rural school that just felt like a Philmont family, essentially, again, both personally and professionally, and was on the track to work there in either kindergarten, first or second grade. And I was a kindergarten teacher all last year. I co-taught, loved that. Uh, But then COVID hit, of course. And so we kind of plans changed for us as a new family and for our families. And so we decided, made a big life decision to move back to Texas, where Sean's from in the DFW area, both for kind of job security, future planning, and helping out our families. And it is nice because we've always been that those people that are away from our families and away from our homes. So it has been nice to be closer. And I was very fortunate to get a job with a pretty prominent elementary school here, just nine minutes away, Fire Mound Elementary, as a second grade teacher. So I started that journey, um, yeah, kind of to stick in there. As of May, we were moving, <laughs> we were moving to Taos, and I was going to be a kindergarten teacher. Oh, and okay. as of July, we were moving to Texas, and I was going to be a second grade teacher. So okay. I know everyone can relate with 2020. It was crazy, and uh, hopefully 2021 is not as crazy as the last seven days have been. Yeah, but fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. So I think where we sit now is. Uh, especially with this interview coming up and really with our wedding, it just kind of brought back how important being around people that we really resonate with and care about and push us to be better and lands that we want to roam, how much that matters compared to money, I want to say. So I think Sean and I both know where we sit right now. This isn't our place. It was the right decision for us our future family and our current families. But I think we're itching to find that next thing. For me, I think what that looks like is some sort of, uh, I want to say crossover uh, experiential education model between outdoor ed and uh, classroom education, but more on the experiential side with kids. Um, And for Sean, I think, that looks like, man, he's just, you know, a man of so many ideas, but I, I can see him wanting to own his own company as close <laughs> to film on as possible and, yeah. and put it that way. So sure, I think sure. he always, I, I think he always says Philmont just has so many high quality people that, you know, we just kind of can't find our home after. And what, what if we could make you know, that all come together and just create this incredible um, place. So I I don't know if, I don't know. I'm sure they're out there, but if you ask any Philmont staff member who worked, you know, who worked out there for even, even one season, but I don't know anybody who doesn't want to try to not get back out there in some way, shape or form for some Mm -hmm. people that's, you know, physically close and geographically for other people, it's, you know, like me doing things like this podcast. Um, and you're the, it is, it's just the people are just top notch people. And then your bar is set really high. So <laughs> not that other people 
aren't awesome, but they, I don't know. There's just something really special about the people that you meet at Philmont and, and it's hard to, to come off of that high of, uh, just, I don't know, diversity and uniqueness and wanting that in your life. Jimmy and I talk about that all the time. And anytime we have someone message us and say, Hey, I'm driving through Iowa. Can we stay? We're like, yes, please. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Stay as long as you want. Even if we're not home, like we've had some people stay in our home, even if we weren't here. So um, yeah. And I, I can just totally, uh, I think a lot of people can resonate with that. And I've, I, uh, taught, I taught one year, I taught language arts for seventh and eighth graders. And I remember feeling, in my experience, like more of a mentor to my students than actually a teacher. And maybe that, I don't know, isn't a good thing necessarily, but it was at least for me um, a light bulb, you know, went off that if I do go back into education ever, I'm, I hope I can do it in more of a just authentic mentorship role, like maybe mm. even like you mentioned, kind of experimental things um, and and more time in the outdoors because I really felt the weight of the classroom on me. And I would actually try to take my students outside whenever possible. I'm yes, sure you did the same. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole nother world, I would say. Um, and it's not, it's not a hundred percent me, but I do love my students and especially this year, I'm just grateful for the opportunity because I know they need me and I need them kind of thing. So yes. And yeah. yeah. And so you're, cause you're teaching second grade right now. Is that mm-hmm. what you said? Yeah. So yeah. I have seven, seven and eight year olds and they're just incredibly resilient and just amazed me. So nice. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. Is there anything else you want to share just about what you're doing today or, um, any uh let's see yeah and any small businesses do you want to like lift up or anything like that yeah I think I'm not sure I think something Sean and I and I Sean and I always talk about is we hope that one day the Philmont Staff Association can do kind of like their own LinkedIn of sorts where we can have this connection of uh you know, people with jobs that we want to be a part of and kind of our own networking. Yeah. Yeah. So this podcast kind of makes me think about it and it, it makes me excited that you're doing it because I think there are so many lost connections in the world and Philmont has such a big web. So I think, yeah, hopefully that would happen at some point. Um, yeah. And I think, let's see. Yeah, I think to, I think, I don't think I have anything else. I think, yeah, Yeah. super, really grateful for this opportunity. And I do have to say thank you so much for your concert um, for Tim. I think that was one of the coolest experiences ever. I know I had, I was watching, Sean was watching, my mom was watching, and it just really made me think again about how incredible of a place Philmont is and I think everyone felt it, the 300 plus people that were on it. And I think we should just do more things like that because in this time it is really weird. And I do feel this kind of weird, I feel like we're in a weird time with everything going on with the Boy Scouts right now. But I mean, at the heart of it all is the place, the land, the people, the history. 
of this just amazing, incredible place that is Philmont that we all call home. And we're all so grateful for everything it taught us. So I, and yeah, I appreciate that. I, wow. I was blown away by the, yeah, the live concert for Tim Culver and, um, losing him really pushed me to do this. Um, I, this podcast has been a project for, I think two, two and a half years in the back of my head. And, uh, when, when he passed, I just said, I have to do it. I have to push record. And, um, so I owe a lot to him in that regard and other regards. And I agree with you. We should, we should, um, do more things like this. I, uh, before we jump down to other final thoughts and wrap up the interview, is there any, I don't want to skip this part. Do you want to share, um, like a favorite at Philmont, like a favorite year on staff, a favorite trail, backcountry camp, song, memory, just a fun Leela favorite. Oh, goodness. Oh, there's so many. But I think I think just my year on staff in 2016 with my staff at HOD, we were just a very close-knit family, and we always had fun dancing in the kitchen. I mean, every time certain songs come on, it just brings me right back to doing workouts late at night or... <laughs> reenacting things that happened that day and then the volleyball was a big deal for us like we always would play staff volleyball versus scouts which is so bad but we just had the time of our life and there's so many pictures of that time that I can look at a picture and go right back to that moment and that's really special to me I think that and then I think just the view of the fire lookout at Wyman Vega is it's just my happy place and my favorite place in the world. And that's where Sean proposed. But before that, it had a lot of memories. And I, it's a view I always hold close in my heart. And I think just as I prepared for this a little bit and just re, re-encounting like everything that has happened to me at Philmont and looking through all the pictures, there's just so many good times. So I think right now, especially this year, that's really important for us to hold on to so yeah amen um, to that do you what who would you do you want to uh like nominate someone or who would you want to hear from on the podcast it can be anybody it can be someone you worked with someone you never met but want to hear from just curious for our I'll add it to my list yeah so I think uh some nominations that come about right away are Emily McGee and Sabrin Nelson Okay. Yeah. And you and Saverin, um, tell me about her small business real yes. quick. Give her a shout out. If yeah, you will. So I wanted to give a shout out to Saverin Nelson. For those who don't know, she was my program counselor in 2015 at Carson. And she has created a jewelry business, woman-owned small business named S. Clay Designs. And it's mainly through Instagram. So I know Caitlin's going to give out the info and you can follow it, but she has some really cool, uh, unique bohemian gold and silver jewelry coming out. And I know kind of like Caitlin, you said she's had this idea for a while and been doing it just with friends. And she really hit the ground running with it this fall, summer slash fall. So 
love to give a shout out to go support her. You will not be disappointed. I own like four pairs of earrings by her now. So awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll include that info on the Instagram page. Let's see. uh, Really quick. Give me like look around or name or describe a Philmont object or some memorabilia that um, is in your primary living space that you hold dear to you that kind of keeps that Philmont vibe alive in your everyday life. Yes. Well, it is all over our house. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, Yeah. I think like just at my desk right now, I'm sitting at my granddad's old desk, which was, I think, weights at some point. And I have two pictures of my granddad right here. And then I have uh, my favorite memorabilia of Sean's when he worked at Motorpool in the winter of 2017, uh, he, so C18, which you would love this, the bed fell off. So they had to replace it with a white bed. And so every winter they do the gingerbread competition. And so of course everyone nominated Sean at Motorpool to do the gingerbread house for them. So he found a toy C18 model at the store and a toy trailer that he had been working on for a long time. And it looks kind of ratty uh, for the ranch department. And he painted the front of it brown, the back of it stayed white, and then the the trailer's yellow. So that's right here. <laughs> and then we have, I think my favorite are just Philmont maps. I particularly love the Topo map because it just really brings all the stories kind of to life of my journeys there. And um, yeah, we have Justin Kern's book that just came out. Very yes. awesome. And so do I. Um, yeah. yeah, I think my albums are just full of Philmont memories and one that I'm really excited to inherit one day that will be definitely the masterpiece of our house, wherever that may be, was my granddad's uh beautiful painting it's huge but it's of the tooth of time and um oh my god yeah where his on horse mountain where his uh his ashes are spread and so i think that's the one i'm most excited about so yeah yeah awesome that's beautiful Mm -hmm. um well let's see is there anything else do you want to ask a question of the film community as a whole or do you want to share anything with us before we close up? Yeah, I think just one last thing I would like to share, and this is a recent development, but last week uh, I received news that one of my dear program counselors in 2015, Abe Platzer, passed away pretty suddenly. And uh, so I would just like to reach out to the Philmont community, similarly to Kim I mean, Tim, sorry, uh, if you wish to donate to Philmont and Abraham, Abraham's memory, uh, you can donate to by sending um, to 17 Deer Run Road. I also will probably get some info to Caitlin on how you can do that sure. um, online. I'm not sure if it, I have this information from his mom, so I'm not sure if it's through the Philmont Staff Association or what, I would assume so. But yeah, I think Abe was, um, just a beam of light for many. And I was fortunate to work with him. He taught me a lot. He taught my first years a lot in 2015. And he kind of like 
Corey Mullins, I want to say, just had this impact on every participant and staff member that he met. And you could tell that was totally what he was meant to do. And uh, it's definitely a grayer world without him in it. But I know all he would want us to do is to keep loving film on and talking about all our great memories, which is what we're doing here today. So, yes. Thank and. I'm so thankful for the PSA and how they're able to um, keep keep our names alive through scouting, whether, you know, through when we pass on to the next world with mm-hmm. there's so many, there's too many, <laughs> but, um, yes, you know, I have two really good friends, Carly Graham and Tim Culver, who um, are being, you know, lifted up through the PSA. And so, yeah, I will make sure that Abe... Um, is one of them as well. Um, gosh, uh, let's do two more questions. Um, in one or two words, describe Philmont as you lived and experienced it. Um, I would say, I mean, these are the classic two, but for me personally, in my being, it's family and home family and home. Love it. And then lastly, what is your 11th essential? (laughs) My 11th essential. (laughs) Oh, goodness. It can be anything. (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, probably a cozy blanket to chill in the backcountry on either the Carson Meadows swing or the head of Dean swing in the cool yeah. mountain breeze with a cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Leela, <laughs> I, gosh, this was fun. I can't thank you enough for being my first interviewee. Um, it felt so easy and so fun. And I know a lot of people are going to um, love listening. Um, and I'm sure I'll have you back on the show. So thank you for spending an hour with me on your Saturday morning. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for having me. There's definitely a, what? Me? Like, you want me to be the first? But I'm very humbled and honored. And I'm just absolutely stoked for you and this journey because I can't wait to listen to all of them and spread the word. And just want to thank you because you are definitely someone that I look up to through Claire and through your memory at Philmont. Um, you left a legacy there and can't wait to meet you finally in person one day. And yeah, just looks like you have a beautiful life with Jimmy and your awesome kiddos and um, Philmont on, Caitlin. Yeah. Love you. I'll keep the stoke high. Thank yes. you so much, Leela. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.